Welcome to Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast. I'm meteorologist Kirsty Zantini. And I'm meteorologist McCall Vrydags. This is a podcast all about weather. We are two broadcast meteorologists in Dayton, Ohio. And we just can't stop talking about weather. So when we're not on TV, we figured why not jump behind the mic to answer your weather questions and talk about all things meteorology. Now remember, you can listen to Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast anytime you want on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and WHIO.com. Hey, McCall. Hey, Kirsty. Big weekend here in Dayton, Ohio. I know. It's really exciting in southwestern Ohio this time of year. People locally and from far away yeah. come in to see the Veteran Dayton Air Show. Yes, a huge, huge deal. Of course, it's a very weather-dependent yeah. <laughs> um, type of event. Not only is it an outdoor event, it's also one that, you know, we've got pilots from around the world coming to fly there yeah. and uh one of the groups of planes mm-hmm. that are coming are the u.s navy blue angels they haven't been here in four years i believe yeah four years so this is a big year uh in dayton for them to come back and be the main event um is fantastic and i was pretty lucky because back on the ground now mccall <laughs> but i got to fly with the, the blue angels I know. and you uh i give you props Thank you. That was really exciting to see. I can only imagine what it was like inside. Let's take a listen to what your experience was like. Oh my God, I'm so scared. I spend my days watching the clouds, but usually I'm standing on the ground. Today, I was among them. (laughs) Flying in an F-18 Hornet at 95% the speed of sound. But it took a lot to get us up here, especially on a somewhat complicated weather day. Checking the forecast, though, is part of Lieutenant Andre Webb's preparation to fly. Really just looking at the radar, making sure that for the time we're out flying, uh, we're not going to get surprised. I knew we had the chance for rain, and so did he. Dayton police officer Jason Olson earned a key influencer flight with the Blue Angels. He waited out the raindrops, though, from inside the cockpit, but eventually he took his flight. Just the experience of being up and um, one, knowing that not a lot of other people have this opportunity um, and get to experience a day in the life of somebody else. I was the last to go, and fittingly, it was during the most likely time of day for storms to happen. I went through training on how to breathe safely in flight. Ready, hit it. And then I suited up and climbed inside. I felt ready but nothing could prepare me for the rush of taking off vertically. 280, ready, hit it. Lieutenant Webb and I went through several maneuvers and pulled 7.3 Gs, and my stomach felt every bit of it. Uh, Cloud out in front of me, is there precip underneath it? Uh, There's no precipitation depicted between you and Dave. One of my favorite parts of the flight was when Lieutenant Webb got a quick check of a suspicious cloud from air traffic control. Why not call someone who's sitting on the ground at zero miles an hour and 1G who can give me real-time updates? I learned the Blue Angels have two shows depending on the weather. It's really visibility and ceilings that'll dictate what sort of weather we'll fly in. A high show means the sky is cooperating. For a low show, the pilots stay close to the ground because of the clouds, but it's still a sight to see. The, the power and the, the crowd stands there. You feel it in your chest as they go by. It just thumps in there. Oh, the clouds! My heart was thumping the entire time and even after I got my feet on the ground. 
Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That sounded intense, and it was just the audio. (laughs) I've seen the video of it. Yes, uh, you can see the video of it. Um, It is on my Facebook page, and it's on WHIO.com. But I I almost still can't describe how amazing it was. Um, The training made me feel a lot more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, I got briefed. We got there at 11.15, and I didn't even fly until 4.30. Um, So we did... A lot of training on, you heard a little bit of it, how to breathe, um, what we should be doing with our stomach and our butt and our legs uh, <laughs> to keep the blood flowing. Okay. Um, so they actually had, uh, you know, recommended that you kind of squeeze your abs real tight, squeeze your butt, squeeze your legs, almost as if you're trying to stand up mm-hmm. uh, when we're pulling G's. And that's because that G-force is, is almost crushed. It's not crushing your body, but it, that's what it feels like. It feels like an elephant sitting on you. Mm. Um, so you want to try to... Squeeze everything so you're keeping the blood flowing and you do that really weird breathing, mm-hmm. which I'm not so sure I even got it right. <laughs> um, but yeah, once I did that training, I felt a lot better. Um, I also felt better knowing that um, Lieutenant Andre Webb and I were in constant communication. Mm-hmm. So we both had helmets that had microphones on. I could hear him and he could hear me and we could also hear air traffic control, which mm-hmm. of course I'm nerding out because air exciting. traffic control is basically just giving constant updates of what's around forecast, you know, what, what the cloud levels are you know where there's rain what the wind is that kind of thing um so it was definitely nerding out when it comes to just being a meteorologist and you talked a little bit to lieutenant webb about the importance of air traffic control and we actually have some audio of that as well Mm -hmm. yep so it starts on the ground uh, knowing where we want to go depending on the weather today beautiful day so we could launch out under visual flight rules and head on out to where you and i were flying earlier uh but for a day like today, a hot summer day where it's humid and a little bumpy out, what's our main concern? Thunderstorms and pop-up showers and things like that. So really just looking at the radar, making sure that for the time we're out flying, uh, we're not going to get surprised. You know, you like to go out there armed with the most information possible so that uh, we make good decisions real time. And when you're in the air, because you actually did on our flight, like you said, you talked to air traffic control, hey, what are you guys seeing? Because I think this cloud might have some precip going out. Explain that to me. Yeah, you know, in the summertime out here, uh, I grew up in Oklahoma, so very prevalent there as well in the springtime. Storms pop up out of almost thin air, one might think. It's not really, but uh, they do. And so why not call someone who's sitting on the ground at zero miles an hour and 1G who can give me real-time updates uh, instead of me just taking a peek outside and guessing. For the air shows, we'll go to that a little bit when it comes to flight. Um, what weather can't you fly in, I guess? You know, we've got a, a, it's really visibility and ceilings that'll dictate what sort of weather we'll fly in. So we'll take that down to about a thousand feet and three plus miles of visibility is what we're looking for to safely operate what we would uh, refer to as a, a flat show. If it's a little better than that, we can move to a low show. But if it's a beautiful day like it is right now here, yeah, um, then obviously the maneuvering would be, the envelope would be expanded a little bit more to what you'd see in our normal show on a, a nice clear day. So speaking of the clouds, yeah, you uh, had an option to choose where you were flying in yes. the clouds. Yeah, Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Because I know as a meteorologist, that's like a nerdy moment for us. Yeah, it was pretty neat. Um, so we, when we were done with all the maneuvers, um, we kind of, you know, he said, well, do you want to fly above or do you want to fly below? 
Um, and at, on that day, we had the chance for storms. So we did have a lot of cumulus clouds that had popped. Um, we could see some storms in the distance, uh, which was really neat. Um, so that was cool just to watch uh, some of the towering queue bubble up above kind of the main layer that we had. Mm-hmm. And so I said, no, let's fly like under or as close as we can. Um, so like he said, he's in constant contact with air traffic control because if there's nothing falling from the clouds we could you know kind of fly in between the decks and be just Mm -hmm. fine and so that's what we had done and out ahead of us he kind of was like "Eh, is there anything coming from there (laughs) so he you know radioed in and and they said no you're good to go and we were good to go but um you know we talked a little bit about this before clearly you're avoiding thunderstorms Mm -hmm. as a pilot Mm -hmm. uh, and flying underneath uh, because of the fact the updraft and the downdraft could very much cause turbulence and be really scary and be dangerous um, or flying through clouds, you have to deal with icing and that yeah. kind of thing the higher up the cloud is. Um, so that was interesting. We spent, uh, when we would level off, we were at about 7,800 feet. Um, when we did our big maneuver, which was a big aerial loop, we went up to about 18,000 feet, he said. Oh, my gosh. Which felt insane to me, but then we talk about thunderstorms, yeah. and that is... Yeah, we're, like, getting, I mean, you know... It's like nothing. Yeah. You're getting a 20,000, you know, foot storm, and you're like, eh. Yeah, it's a little baby. Yeah. Baby shower. Maybe right. not even a storm yet. Yeah, so compared, again, to thunderstorms, but uh, when you're physically the person in the plane that's yeah. up there that high, uh, it, it, was, it was pretty insane, but... Real quickly, uh, a little bit more about Lieutenant Andre Webb. Okay, yeah, let's let's get a fantastic on him. So he is known as Blue Angel Number Seven. Um, so we could call him Seven. We could call him Andre. We could call him Dre. Uh, we could call him <laughs> Lieutenant. Uh, he was fantastic. He's the show narrator this weekend. So for the air show in Dayton, he'll narrate the Blue Angel show. Um, and he's also an advanced pilot, clearly because he Obviously. can do all of those tricks and maneuvers. Um, I was the third flight, so he did all of these maneuvers basically three times in a row almost. Mm -hmm. Our flights are about 45 minutes long. Um, So he went up 45 minutes with the first, who was a key influencer, which these people are members of the community that are nominated. And then the Blue Angels organization will read through these different nominations and choose. Um, So uh, we had uh, Margie Pennell, who was an associate dean from the University of Dayton, was one of the key influencers. And then uh, Dayton police officer Jason Olson, mm-hmm. who has done a lot of work with opioid recovery program in yeah. the, uh, the Dayton area. He was also chosen, and he was pumped. <laughs> I, um, I mean, of course, Margie was as well. But Jason really, like, he really wanted nothing more than to have this opportunity. Um, so he had a blast as well uh, in terms of how I felt during the Yeah, flight? I want to know how. Let's <laughs> talk about go into physical. Uh, if you're, if you have a weak stomach, please turn off the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I said I myself can't even sit in the back seat of a car without feeling nauseous. Yeah, and I have a, a minor fear of flying. Like I'll only fly if I absolutely need to. Yes. So to me, I don't see this being a fun experience. <laughs> I know it's a once in a lifetime experience, right. but definitely I know that I would be up there getting sick and you know not feeling. Feeling so good. Why don't you give us the real deal? Like, yes. what what was your experience? Okay, so I'm not going to hold back. So once again, if things gross you out, then sorry ahead of time. But <laughs> this is your last warning. Um, okay, so when we took off, I don't remember what the name of it is specifically, but we basically, you know, we start climbing mm-hmm. and then we do a completely vertical takeoff. So we go straight angle yeah. right up into the sky. So when you do that, you're experiencing four Gs, which is 
you could breathe kind of, but you could feel it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it feels like someone's crushing your body. Yeah. Um, so that's why you have to like kick in that breathing technique. So I was okay after that. I was like, oh my gosh, it feels like a cool roller coaster. Um, and I thought I was going to be fine. <laughs> so then we did a few of the maneuvers, which once again, it was insane. At one point, I was like, are we upside down? Are we not? <laughs> Which um, way is up? Which right, way is down? Right. So to be honest, I actually enjoyed doing the loops. We completely flipped upside down and I experienced negative Gs, mm. um, which allowed my body to basically float. That's cool. Um, so that was really, really neat. He slowed the jet down basically as slow as it could go. And you could see um, the wing of the plane almost vibrating because oh we gosh. weren't going fast. Like we, he had slowed it down as, as absolutely slow as it was. That was really bizarre to yeah. kind of look at that. Um, and then he, you know, what did he say? Like, give me all you got or something. Yeah. And he'd kick it as high as he could with the G's. Um, so we end up reaching 7.3 G's, which I'm pretty sure the plane itself could go up to 7.4 that we could handle. So you got um, all the way to the top, all basically. the way to the top. Basically we don't wear a G suit. So your body's feeling all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that made me nauseous. <laughs> so I didn't, I ate a good breakfast, but I flew at four o'clock. So I had, you know, just a snack or two in between, like a few strawberries mm-hmm. and like a cheese stick. Um, I'm very glad I did not have much in my stomach. Yeah. Because after we we kicked it up to really feeling the G's, once we kind of leveled back out, that made me nauseous. Yeah. And definitely, this is gross. Sorry. Dry heaved a little bit. <laughs> had a little, just a little sun in that bag. Um, nothing too crazy. Yeah, yeah. He was so sweet, though, checking. I was like, okay, are you okay? Like, yeah. do you want me to keep flying level? I could do that. And, um, you know, I said, no, I'm all right. I'm all right. Okay, yeah. I'm back. Yeah. So also when we were experiencing the G's, I was... Um, thought I was passing out. <laughs> so there's audio of me yelling, I'm passing out. <laughs> and Andre was like, no, you're not. You're, you're talking. talking to me. You're okay. Um, but it is crazy because, yeah. you know, you could. it's like when you stand up too fast and everything starts blacking out. Well, that's what's happening. But that's why they teach you the breathing technique. Yeah. So that helped me and I didn't pass out then. Um, we got through all of the maneuvers, which I meant, I went through most of them. We did a really big loop. We did um, a couple more like spins and stuff. And then when we were coming back at the end, he was like, let's do, we, we want to do a flyby real quick. So we were going to pull, I think it was six G's again. <laughs> and at that point, I lost my breathing technique. <laughs> and I think I passed out very briefly. <laughs> it was very brief to yeah. me. I didn't even know I did because yeah. I thought I was awake just like that. Um, we have, of course, a GoPro that is in the cockpit with me the entire time. So watching that back was a little embarrassing. And that was the only way that you knew that you actually had passed out right. for a second. Yes, because like I said, I didn't feel anything. I yeah. thought I was just fine. <laughs> we watched the video and you do hear him say, Kirstie, Kirstie, are you with me? Um, so like I said, they make you completely safe up in the air. Yeah. They're not pushing you if you don't want to be pushed. Um, I could have said I'm done and we would have just turned around. Done some, yeah. You know, we would have done some, some um you know, just flying around and doing some, uh, not stargazing, you know, being a tourist. Yeah, he would have yeah, shown me all around probably the Probably taking up a little higher, a yeah, little lower. Yeah, exactly. Kind of kept the ride as smooth as I mm-hmm. wanted to be or as, as much as I could handle. But like I said, I mean, he gave me those moments to breathe and I just said, okay. And he'd explain the trick and I'd say, okay, let's do it. And he'd explain it and I'd say, let's do it. So I'm really happy that I did because yeah. I fully got the full experience. Um, getting off the plane was also really scary because I was so shaken. Your legs were a little wobbly. <laughs> My legs but I mean, to, for some perspective, for and nowhere near the same as like a roller coaster to your experience. Yes. But if anybody's ever been on a roller coaster and you feel a little wobbly afterwards, right. or you know, a little nauseous when you you know going up and going yes. down and doing the loop de loops, imagine doing that with an elephant on your chest. Yeah. <laughs> 
with minor breaks in between for about 45 minutes. Yes. You know what I mean? I yeah. don't want to be on a roller coaster for 45 <laughs> minutes. You know what I mean? Like, that is intense. So, kudos to it, you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it was... I... It, I would have wanted to get off for the you know five seconds after being on. Definitely would have wanted him to stop after dry heaving. And the fact that you made it all the way to the very last trick, yes, and then and had just a final moment where you went to sleep for a second. Yeah, um, I mean, very impressive, and yeah. not a lot of people get to get no, to experience truly that. Truly, a once in a lifetime experience. I feel very, very lucky and honored that I was chosen because I flew with the best of the best. I yeah. mean the. The U.S. Navy Blue Angels, these pilots are unbelievably talented, unbelievably trained. Um, I got a little choked up once I was back on land, and I just kind of reflected on, you know, the maneuvers we were doing and just knowing I was doing it for an experience. There was no harm being done to me. I wasn't in any danger. Um, And knowing that, like, we have brave men and women that are, you know, fighting for our country, Mm -hmm. and they're doing things like that, and they're fighting the G's and spinning and swerving and all of that. I mean, it really yeah. it got to me to think about that. So once again, if you are a member of the armed forces, if you have a loved one that is, if you've lost a loved one, thank you, thank you, because this was just even in that aspect alone. I get emotional just thinking well, about Well, yeah, that because part. this is a moment, you know, like you said, you've experienced it and, and it was a fun experience overall. Yes. Um, and for the pilots, I'm sure, a fun experience. But the reality is that these, at some point, the, yeah, they're using these skills. Skilled, yes. These skills are not used for fun. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. they don't learn these skills for fun. They right. learn these skills for right. life-saving purpose, purposes. To save lives and to protect our nation. Yeah, so. and, and, and it's incredible to think, you know, how yeah. they use them and, and to, to protect our country. Yeah. So, you know, thank you to them. Thank you to Lieutenant Webb. And Yeah, you're just so such a cool guy. Um, really, really great. Um, so, yeah, so that was my experience. Like I said, we've got a little highlight reel on WHO.com, and I've got it on my Facebook page as well. Yeah, um, and, so you and just so you know, the highlight reel it. doesn't have the the – you know, no. passing out or vomiting. No, I did not throw ever pass out in the reel. I'm very sorry. I decided to leave that to my eyes only and some of my close friends yeah, and my husband and my yeah. parents. I, my it. favorite part of the, this story, uh, and I hate to say that my favorite part is the part that you um, pass out for a little bit. Because like you said, you didn't know and you had come back to the station. Yeah, little, and I was like, guys, queasy. I'm fine. I was fine. I didn't pass out. And you went home, right? And yeah, it was... Yeah, Farley had called me and said, girl, I just watched your video. You passed <laughs> So, but yeah. yeah so, no, once again, I was completely fine. I, you know, and your whole was family so was there, right? My whole family came into town. Uh, my husband was there. Uh, my sister-in-law and her husband, and my father-in-law. So, I had a huge uh, team cheering me on, making me feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, we did continue on with the news afterwards. Mm-hmm. I can't yeah. say I've ever done that. Um, so yeah. after I had landed, I got a kind of ca- caught my breath and did a live shot at six. Um, so that was. Woo, I don't remember anything yeah. I said during that live. Hopefully it went well. <laughs> what was your recovery like? Like, how, how did you feel physically after? Physically after, I was definitely nauseous. I was too afraid to eat because I felt nauseous. So yeah. at that point, I was just hungry. Yeah. I, think, I mean, I had a bowl of cereal yeah. at nine in the, well, seven in the morning. Yeah. Um, so that was probably the worst part. I'm an eater. So yeah. for me to go like all day without eating and then feeling so sick that I couldn't, yeah. that was kind of torture a little bit. Um, and I did get a headache, which was normal. You yeah. know, it is what it is. 
probably honestly more because I was hungry than yeah, anything yeah, else. Um, so later on in the night, I gave myself a couple more hours and then I eventually did eat a sandwich. I felt significantly better. I woke up in the morning and I felt great. And now, you know, I'm a few days out and I feel completely yeah, fine. Yeah, back to normal. Um, but yeah, so it was definitely, they kept thinking that my legs, my knees were going to buckle, I guess. <laughs> I, once again, I didn't realize it. I was just walking yeah, around <laughs> standing. Uh, but there was a photo of me like holding, um, oh, you also get a beautiful plaque. Yeah, All that's what the I wanted to ask you sign about. It. Um, and it is just a framed gorgeous photo and they sign it and you know once again just to like it just is another visual reminder of what an honor it was that I got to fly with these very 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 talented pilots mm-hmm. um, that's really neat that's definitely going in my office that's amazing yeah I'm so happy for you thank you and I'm glad that we took some time in this podcast to yeah it was you a know, little weather related I'm sorry I just was nerding out and we, we no, wanted to talk about it and and I'm sure that there was probably some excitement with uh, Lieutenant Webb knowing that he had a meteorologist in his plane. Yeah, we definitely could talk. Uh, we talked about, I asked, like, you know, well, what apps do you like? Oh, he can also code uh, decode METARs so much faster than I can. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I learned that in college. I have not. I can't say. And he looked at it real quick. and was just like, oh, broken at 300, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> jealous. Yeah, but you're so. not flying a plane every Exactly. Day. He's flying a plane all the time. So he, yeah. thankfully, is very good at that exciting <laughs> okay so let's get into our teachable moments yeah um and Ooh, kind wait. of i've got one fun fact for us okay call. astronomy okay we're in june now can't forget about this all right so we do have um mccall's gonna talk a little bit more about the moon real quick a uh, june 22nd through the 24th so once again depending on when you're listening to this uh we have the moon that is a waxing gibbous moon which means it's almost close to being full also uh, a week before and a week after a full moon you could see the moon during the day so you oh. may notice in the next couple of Got days day and in the week after, you'll start to see the day the day moon. Um, but anywho, so the moon after sunset looked to the southeast. It is on the 23rd, very close. Uh, Jupiter will be right next to the moon. By the 24th and the 25th, the moon kind of pulls away and Jupiter will be to the top right. Um, so definitely after sunset, um, give yourself some time. Jupiter rises in the evening and is out pretty much all night long. And it's once again, you'll notice it's a planet because it just it doesn't twinkle. Yeah, it's very and it's, bright. It's very bright. So mm-hmm. Jupiter is your planet in the evening sky the next couple of evenings. Awesome. And then a couple days later, June twenty seventh at one o'clock in the morning, the moon actually becomes full. Mm-hmm. And this month it's called the Strawberry Moon. We know the full moons all have different names. Yeah. So the Strawberry Moon is very cool. Um, and Saturn and the Moon are going to be right next to each other. On on the 27th the moon is close by june 28th and 29th in the southeast sky in the evening and by june 28th the moon will be right over the planet mars yeah so you so. got it's cool this is a good month june is a good month for stargazing because it's nice and warm yeah and um and you're really starting to see some of the evening planets pop yeah so. and uh we just uh transitioned into summer summer so of course that's astronomy we had our first day of summer officially at 607 in the morning eastern daylight time on the 21st so each day progressively now we will lose daylight hours <laughs> i know i'm not ready i'm not ready either i mean oh. the temperature average temperature will continue to climb until the middle of july yes because we get that july. temperature lag kind yeah. of um but yes so Really cool. Uh, Another thing for you, and this kind of is focused upon the weather that we've been dealing with in Dayton, Ohio, but not even just Dayton. I mean, really, Mm -hmm. we've had a really warm June and a really moist, uh, you know, setup for us here locally. Um, So we wanted to talk a little bit more about precipitable water. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's definitely uh, something that we look at. So it might not really be a daily term that people hear about, um, but you might. And if you have heard of it, um, 
just keeping it pretty simple it's basically all the water vapor that would be in a column of air in the atmosphere so it's kind of as if we were to slice a column of air out and measure how much water vapor or moisture mm-hmm. is in that column that would give us our precipitable water content yeah and really the important part of it is how it could impact the forecast that you get yeah the higher the precipitable water it's kind of saying the higher the moisture content could be yeah and and that would lead to other things if we're going to have an active stormy day um how much rain can fall from uh, a cloud a thunderstorm of course if you're getting a more intense thunderstorm then the precipitable water actually can increase from the number that we had and we were discussing this you want to touch on that yeah so basically like say uh we're looking in what our precipitable water values are for today and it'd be 1.75 when you get a thunderstorm instead of just cutting one column it's almost as if you're combining several columns so Mm -hmm. a lot of times the precipitable water could be 1.7 but the rain that you get out of an actual thunderstorm could be three and a half inches yeah so it's not don't think of it as you know it's directly whatever precipitable water is that's how much rain you're going to get that's not Mm -hmm. the same thing Um, but for us forecasting it's a good indicator of how deep is that moisture going and you know that kind of thing it's really big for flood potential Mm -hmm. especially in the miami valley for us if we get precipitable water 1.7 or closer to two inches yeah um that could increase our flood threat that's kind of showing that what the air mass that's over us would be yeah and it's dependent upon you know have we had several days with high precipitable water numbers Mm -hmm. and thunderstorms and rain events as the ground saturated and then you get a good thunderstorm are they slow moving storms yeah so it's pumping out two inches uh the rainfall rate but it doesn't move anywhere so then then you're getting those numbers way up there and then that's your flash flooding potential yeah. Um, and then also, dependent upon how strong the updraft is within the thunderstorm, sometimes it can hold all of that moisture up in the cloud and mm-hmm. it's not even raining at that high rate yet. It's just collecting it and then it drops like a water balloon. That's right. the best way to explain it. It's and it comes way. down. Um, and that's oftentimes when you hear the words downburst or microburst yes it comes down like a water balloon and when it hits the ground if you've ever seen that it all explodes in you know you different do, directions gets pushed out basically. and that can create damaging wind gusts mm-hmm. and those can be severe you know yes. bring down trees bring down power lines things like that and oftentimes those can be sneaky uh, damaging winds because yeah. you're not seeing the strong winds gathering aloft mm-hmm. uh, and the potential that they could be pulled to the ground. It's really just the explosion of that water hitting the ground that creates the damaging wind gusts. So you can't get that severe thunderstorm warning with it. You yeah. may get the flash flood warning. Right, right. Or the flood advisory. And then but afterwards you, you look and you see that you get almost a circle of damage, yeah. kind of, and it would be wider. Um but yeah, so de- dealing with water loading as well when it comes to a severe potential when you have high precipitable water like that, it's something as well to look for. So yeah. that's an interesting weather word if you've never heard of it. Yeah. A little bit more on precipitable water for you. Uh, once again, we always do teachable moments. So if you um, find McCall or myself on Facebook and you've got a weather question, mm-hmm. you could email us, you could post on Facebook, you could tweet at us. Um, those are all ways that we could get those questions and try to answer them for you. Um, and also, McCall, the different ways that people can find us. You can find us on, um, as far as Stitcher, Google Play, WHIO.com, as well as iTunes. And uh, when you find us, just look for Cloudy with a Chance of Podcasts. You'll find us there. Our pictures are right on the little logo. Uh, Subscribe, download, rate us, and write comments because we love to see uh, what you guys have to say. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.